Now, when I first met Lydia, my wife, she, I knew she was pretty talented, creative, passionate about Jesus, caring for the outsider, fun, witty, incredibly friendly, welcoming. You know, she was a truly special and awesome person. But, why does there always have to be a but? See, but, there was, there was one thing, one glaring flaw that she had. It was a flaw that I wrestled with. Could I really go out with someone who is like this? And as we grew closer together, could I really marry someone with this disposition? Now, I've asked Lydia's special permission to share this story with you, so don't panic. It's okay. You see, Lydia, Lydia is a Liverpool fan. I know. I know. I can tell what you're all thinking. I know you're thinking, how saintly must John be to marry a Liverpool fan? Well, you're right. I am. But... You know, there's only one shirt that Ray is going to wear, and I know John Mullaly will agree, and that is Spurs. You know, she's only ever going to wear a Spurs shirt. Now, when we read the gospel, one of the key questions we need to ask is, who is Jesus? Here in John 12, the writer makes sure that we know Jesus is king, and also what kind of king he is. The large crowds that have gathered in Jerusalem for Passover and others who have heard about the ministry of Jesus head out of the city to welcome Jesus in like some VIP. But for the crowd, Jesus is no average VIP. They take palm branches, which are a special symbol from Jewish history. During the Maccabean revolt some 150 years earlier, Simon Maccabeus defeated Syrian forces, expelling them from the temple and from Jerusalem. People celebrated the victory by singing songs and waving palm branches. Palm branches were also used by his brother, Judas Maccabeus, when he defeated the pagan invaders and rededicated the temple. And Judas's family became kings of Israel. You see, palm branches were a significant symbol for first century Jews. And the crowd clearly think that Jesus is a king. A king who is going to come and free Israel from their enemies, just had Judas and Simon had done before. And not, if that's not clear enough for us, What do the crowd shout? They say, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. The crowd proclaim Jesus is King. And the chant itself is filled with kingly undertones. It's taken from Psalm 118, which was used in royal possessions and celebrates God's kingship and points forward to the day when God would save his people. The crowd clearly hoped in this moment that Jesus was the king they had been waiting for, 
the one who would save them from their enemies once and for all. And Jesus himself plays up to the crowd, riding a donkey, the Rolls Royce of first century vehicles, the vehicle of a victorious king. This act also begins to explain the kind of king that Jesus is. As we read it, we're clearly supposed to have Zechariah 9 in our minds. You see, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly riding on a donkey. The king, the kind of king in Zechariah 9, is a powerful king who will take away the possessions of those who oppose him, destroy their power at sea, consume them with fire, taking all their hope from them. But for his people, he will encamp at his temple. Never again will an oppressor overrun his people, for now he is keeping watch. He will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken, extending his rule and reign to the ends of the earth. This king will defeat the enemy, establishing his peace, his kingdom over the whole earth. This is the kind of king that Jesus will be. But Zechariah 9 also speaks of a humble king, the king who offers salvation to his people, establishes covenant with them, shields them from their enemies and tends to them as a flock who dwell in his land like jewels in a crown. This king is not against the people to whom he comes. Yet this makes him no less powerful or no less dangerous to those who oppose him. Jesus is king, humble, bringing peace, but powerful and dangerous. A king who is on a one-way collision course with Israel's great enemy. But the crowd waving him on, nor his closest friends for that matter, had any idea of what that really meant. We skip on a few verses from our passage and the mystery begins to be revealed. When some Greeks want to see Jesus, his response seems odd. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. There is something about the arrival of these Greeks, these outsiders, that triggers Jesus' response. They say, now, now is the moment for my final and climactic act. You see, these Greeks represent far more than just a handful of foreigners. They represent the rest of the world. Now that Jews and the rest of the world had taken note of Jesus, the time had come for his glorification his death. Truly, truly, Jesus continues, I say to you, unless the seed of wheat falls to the ground to die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. The one who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it into eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, my servant will, there, will be there also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. 
It's odd, isn't it, that, that a seed needs to die to grow into a plant. But that's how nature has it. As the seed dies, it produces a new plant which produces fruit. Without the seed's death, the seed remains just a single seed. But through its death comes new and greater life. And here's where the crowd and the disciples misunderstood Jesus' kingship. The king with, this king with all his power and might hasn't ridden triumphantly into Jerusalem to take on the first century superpower of Rome, but a much more dangerous enemy. Evil and death itself. And it's through this king's death that evil is defeated, that death is overcome, ensuring salvation for his people, establishing a new way of life with them, and securing everlasting safety from the true enemy, and even from death itself. And it's only through Jesus, his unique sacrifice, that the rest of the world can be grafted into God's people so that all people, Jews, Greeks, Gentiles, you and me, may truly know and experience God's love, his peace, his freedom, his victory over evil and eternal life. The crowd and the disciples didn't understand that the real enemy was evil and death itself. And their great king, like a seed, needed to die so that new fruit could grow. Now my Liverpool supporting wife, literally last week as we watched Spurs, she said to me, I think I'm a Spurs fan now. I mean, God is good, right, isn't he? How good is God? I mean, praise Lord. You know, and as Lydia pledges her new allegiance to Spurs, she will experience new life that comes with it. The highs of seeing Spurs win and the great many lows when they lose. And so it is with us. If we want to experience the life that King Jesus offers us, his saving power, his new way of life, freedom from sin and death, then we too need to follow him to, to say, Jesus, come and be king of my life, to pledge our allegiance to him. And when we do, we're grafted into his people. We become the fruit of the seed who died for us. But it's not only natural that a seed dies to produce a plant that blossoms and grows into fruit, but the, that the fruit itself imitates the seed from which it has grown. A fig tree doesn't produce apples, nor an apple tree produces oranges. A fig tree produces figs, an apple tree produces apples. Now, over the past three years, 
Lydia, I'm glad to say, has, with increasing interest, watched Spurs. She's listened to me talk about their transfer policy. She's even watched a nine-part documentary about the club. She could now name most of the squad and knows the manager. She knows what colour kits we play in. She um, knows which position we're in in the league. And she's sad when we lose and celebrates when we win. The more she immerses herself in Tottenham, the more she wants to know. She's become a fan and is daily growing, praise the Lord, into a truer representative and advocate for the club. The Christian life is a life that originates from Jesus. He is the source of our very existence. And followers of Jesus, like Lydia, now following Spurs, are to immerse themselves in him. And like Lydia, the more we immerse ourselves in Jesus, not only are we drawn deeper into his love, but we begin to long more and more for a deeper and deeper experience of it. And I haven't met anyone yet who's reached the bottom. And when we immerse ourselves in him, we find that our life gets transformed. That fueled by the Spirit, our agendas and desires fade as the true King's vision and priorities become more and more our vision and priorities. We become increasingly fruit that looks like, smells like, tastes like the seed from which we have grown. King Jesus. If you haven't asked Jesus to be your king yet this morning, then maybe this is a moment to do so, so that you may also experience the life that comes with it, the hope, the freedom, freedom from sin and from death, eternal life, his great love, And it's simple to do, and it starts with a prayer, a very simple prayer. And if you'd like to pray that along with me now, then we're just going to pray for a moment. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry that I have not followed your ways. Please forgive me. And come and be king of my life right now. And fill me with your presence and your love. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, then do let us know. We'd love to hear from you so we can support you and encourage you in that decision. But for those of us who have known King Jesus for a little bit longer, the invitation is this, to water and to tend to the seed that has been planted in us, to immerse ourselves in his presence, allowing him to mold us, to shape us, refine us, to envision us to empower us so that we may become ever increasingly truer representatives of our King here on earth so that all the world may know that he is the true King. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died for us, that we may be grafted in. And Lord, would you send your spirit upon us? Thank you, Lord. fill us Lord that we may reflect you that our lives may look like yours that all the world may know that you are the true king Amen